This is Purple Radio On Demand. Welcome back to the DST podcast with Izzy Flower and Matt Redman. Bringing you all the latest news, gossip, but not really, from the Durham Student Theatre scene. This week's episode is sponsored by DDF. Stop saying you saw all the shows, we all know you didn't. Matt, what have we got coming up this week? Well, we've got four different interviews with upcoming productions because they took up all our time. And that's really what we love to see. The more that you guys engage with us, the more we'll engage with you all. So we have Going Postal, Disco Inferno, The Adams Family, and Halls. What a bumper crop. And now Matt and I will start interviewing now. (laughs) (laughs) So we are here with Peter Furbank for the production of Going Postal. Moist von Lipwick is a con artist, a fraud, and a man faced with a life choice. Be hanged or get Anne Kamorpork's ailing postal service back up and running. Whatever happens, through lightning or fire, the mail must get through. The story of a con man gone horribly right. Going postal will be a righteous evening of fantasy and fun. I like how you said that like you've never, you know, heard about it before, Matt. Yeah, no, <laughs> good acting, Matt, good acting. What is, yeah, well, what is this play? Uh, please tell us more about <laughs> this play that I've never heard of. Uh, the play Going Postal is uh, an adaption by, of one of Terry Pratchett's uh, many, many, many Discworld books. Could you uh, enlighten um, us on who Terry Pratchett is? <laughs> sure. Oh, uh, God. Terry Pratchett is a uh, sci-fi uh, writer, uh, a British satirist. Um, he wrote uh, 40-something books in the Discworld series, uh, which is a series of uh, fantasy novels uh, set um, on a disc, which is on the back of four elephants, and the elephants are standing on a giant turtle. He got it right. Uh, I remember him saying it was five elephants once. Uh, it's definitely four. It used to definitely. be five, or now it's four. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, so, but can you tell us about the, the play itself? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the play itself, uh, to some extent, takes the, uh, I don't know, the mould of some kind of... Um, I want to say a revamping story, a kind of a makeover story um, in a way, uh, not necessarily a, a fairy tale, um, but uh, we take this con man, Vo- Moist von Litwick, who starts out with the name Albert Spangler because he's uh, a fraudster um, and uh, ends up being uh, put in charge uh, by the patrician of the city, um, uh, Lord Vetinari. Um, of the Ankh-Morpork post office, which hasn't delivered anything in several hundred years. So this is a very bad post office. Um, uh, And Moist's job is to try and get this thing up and running, which he um, sort of succeeds in and then fails and then finally succeeds in. There is a part where the post office gets burnt down, sadly. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, What have you you learnt from productions of Ook's past, like the exemplary mort from last year what's kind of been your tactic of going in directing this um <clears throat> being a first year uh, i haven't been around for any of the other ook productions other than magistrate uh, i saw magistrate but that obviously was not a terry pratchett adaption um could fool me <laughs> <laughs> well quite um so going into this um uh, my tactic was just to have fun with the script have as much fun as possible. It is a social commentary on society, corporate greed, um, capitalism, mercantilism, um, and uh, as well as ageism, sexism. There's lots of other uh, satirical uh, points uh, in the play that kind of relate to our lives. Uh, And so 
the, the, the aim of this play is to have as much fun as possible while delivering some very serious social commentary and some very serious uh, points of satirism. How have you found the rehearsal process? Um, the rehearsal process, um, there's been two sides to it. There's been the logistics of it, which have been, um, in one word, horrific. Um, and there's then there's been doing the actual rehearsals themselves, which have been a complete and utter riot. They've been fantastic. Um, it's been very difficult at various points. Uh, and I think this is uh, kind of to do with the, the larger issue DST seems to be having this year with actors and actor retention. Um, but we seem to have had uh, an issue getting actors to come to rehearsals um, regularly. And then we've had a number of dropouts in places which have kind of disrupted the rehearsal process. The rehearsals themselves have been very, very good. The actors are always switched on. They've been very good at learning their lines. Um, and they're very funny people. Since this play is an adaptation of a book that was released, I believe, in the early 2000s. 2004. Um, Okay. <laughs> do you want to rephrase your no, question? No, 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 no. Uh, um, how do you feel like the uh, the messages and the themes of this story have sort of been brought... Uh, been brought no, no, been brought into, like, the modern age, like, you know, 16 years later? Mm, well, um, it is certainly, I think, very significant that this book was written pre-financial crash, and it seems to talk about many of the issues that uh, we now confront on a daily basis or talk about more regularly than we would have ever done pre-2008. Um, this kind of corporate greed, uh, bankers being portrayed as essentially uh, evil con men of a kind of higher calibre um, than perhaps uh, we're used to thinking about criminals. Um, <clears throat> so in many ways, those themes are still obviously very, very relevant because while many things may have changed in British society. I feel British society is in many ways very much the same. Uh, obviously in many places, and I think many issues that the book deals with, especially um, the issue of uh, race and transgenderism, which uh, the play deals with, um, I feel like we've uh, moved more significantly towards talking about those issues than we were back in 2004. Um, okay, uh, so we've got one last uh, thing for you to do. Oh no. Uh, is... We, we. <laughs> Um, we aren't issuing you a challenge. You have to pitch your show to Durham in 30 seconds. I'll get the timer up. Oh, no, I've already, oh, yeah, okay. already got it up. Okay, so cool. Just saying. But just saying. I mean, you could have warned me. Well, yeah, I could have, yeah, but, but I didn't. Yeah, but we don't warn people. <laughs> yeah. yeah you gotta... It's an unbiased interview the only... <laughs> Is it? The only way you would have been warned if you listened to the earlier podcast yeah, so it's on your own head. It's actually a very good point, is that you should have Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm, I'm a yeah. busy person, I'm sorry. That's the point of podcasts! <laughs> Ready? Yes. Three, two, one, go. Going Postal is the story of uh, the con man, uh, Moist Von Litwig, and it's set in a uh, steampunk Victorian environment uh, on the uh, disc, uh, one of Terry, uh, Terry Pratchett's uh, fictional universe. Um, it almost uh, almost to a very fine point um, is a social commentary on capitalism wealth inequality transgenderism uh, sexism uh, and so many issues which we consider very very relevant today and that's all we have time for uh, thank you so much for being Thanks. on the show uh, Peter sorry to cut you off there but it's lovely to have you uh, and uh, Ever oh wait sorry no, no. Uh, do you want to no. read out where it's going to be well, it's going to be in the assembly. So, going post will be in the assembly rooms theatre next.
Thursday, Friday and Saturday at 7.30. And get your tickets now off the event or off the DST website. And I'm sure everyone would love to see you there. Only one... <laughs> not that any of us are involved in any capacity whatsoever. Yeah, not even Peter. Uh, not even, no, not even no, Peter. Anyway, there's also a matinee on the Saturday. There is a matinee on the Saturday. There's a matinee on the Saturday, apparently. At 2.30. At 2.30. Okay. Thank you for being on the show. So we are here with Lauren Brewer, a director of Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno is a fun jukebox musical, including classics such as I Will Survive, Play That Funky Music, and Crocodile Rock. Jack is an aspiring musician who wants nothing more than to be famous, so signing away this thing called a soul is a small price to pay. But Jack soon finds all the glitters isn't gold on the other side, especially if you're all out of love. Very much. That's there a very know. that's a very 80s it synopsis. Is, well, 70s. We're going 70s, 70s, sorry. Yeah. Yes. But it's, yeah, very much. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah, talking to the There we go. Is that better? Yeah. yeah. You should better. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. Uh yeah, 70s, but mm. lots of fun, lots of fun to be had mm. next week in Cadman. <laughs> um so what can you tell us about the play? Uh, yeah, so essentially it is Faustus but set in the 70s in London. So take from that what you will. There's a lot of a lot of fire and a lot of hell and a lot of kind of sexual tension is what we're we're sending as All our message to, to people <laughs> this week. Um, yeah, but that is the general theme for the show. So yeah, it's mainly like like signing away your soul. Yeah. Like... So he's the main character. Jack is an aspiring musician who works in a club called Disco Inferno. And then it's all about his journey to fame and then finding out that perhaps it's not all it's set out to be on the other side. But yeah. Lots of fun. Okay. Um, uh, so this this play uh, this musical was made in uh, early two thousands, around about yeah. two thousand five, yeah. two thousand six. Uh, is there anything you've had to uh, adapt in the fifteen years since it's been made? Would you say because there have been a lot of yeah. adaptations of this one? Um, I mean, the main problem we found in actually putting it on is that the the script was written before certain people were convicted of certain crimes. Oh dear God. Um, so we've had to do a lot of writing, <laughs> rewording different characters who um may not be quite so appropriate to an audience today as they were 15 years ago. But um, other than that, it's kind of just been spruced back to life and bringing it, making it more relevant, I think, to how we are today, which is a fun challenge. Would you like to elaborate on that? How exactly have you done that? Yeah, so I think we're in this different culture today than the 70s, perhaps, of like fame means something very different. But the overriding message of it is that actually the important things in life are kind of friendship and love and all those sorts of things. And just making it relevant to us rather than a 70s concept of things. So has there been many challenges in introducing students to songs that are, say, about 40 years old now, 40 years plus? Yeah, I mean, we have the regular hits, so like YMC and stuff like that. I feel like most of the cast got on board with very quickly, but there have been other songs that have taken a little longer to warm up to, but obviously we have the magical Katie Foster as our MD, and she has been brilliant in sorting those kind of bumps out with the cast. But... um. I think on the whole, everybody's been very enthusiastic. I think we have a cast who very much love the 70s and that kind of era of music. So they've got on board really quickly because it's songs that they've heard growing up and all those sorts of things. And actually, I don't know if people have been clubbing in Durham. I'm assuming people have been clubbing in Durham, but Durham loves the 70s. Durham oh, loves sure. 70s, 80s music. So it's very much, it's Jimmy's, but on stage. So. <laughs> Yeah, easy to get on board. That with. is a selling point enough. Very heart. much. Jimmy's butt on stage. And also not free. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um what what what's your favourite song in the show? Oh, that is such a tough question. 
I personally love I Will Survive because it's a kind of like big moment for our female protagonist in it and um, the girls in that, the dance number is absolutely phenomenal. Like they are brilliant. Um, equally though, the Village People medley is something to be seen. And if there are any hill beavers out there, particularly, come along to see Simon Forrest, our principal, make his stage debut within the Village People medley. No more spoilers, but oh my days. it's going to be iconic. That is incredible. <laughs> really is something. <laughs> uh, and what do you think about uh, sort of recent trends about there's like a lot of nostalgia for the 70s and 80s sort of thing. You've got that Stranger Things, yeah. you've got like the Goldbergs, all these things that are sort of capitalising on people looking back at these times yeah. and thinking they were a lot simpler, a lot better, or ironically similar uh, in some senses. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. I think for us, like, those things have been brilliant because, like I said, the cast have been so enthused about being something that looks back on the 70s. And also, like, again, if you've ever been out in Durham, everyone owns flares, so costuming has been so easy. Like, <laughs> everybody dresses like this now. It's brilliant. Um, Yeah, I think we're looking back on it. Again, like, obviously, we've had to make some adaptions because certain things from the 70s don't apply quite so nicely anymore. But um, I think, aside from those points, we're looking back on it as a period of time in which people were having fun and like living life to the full for the first time possibly and yeah I think that's what we bring to the stage I very much our cast are living on that stage which is excellent for me and excellent for the audiences who are going to come and see it next week. Should we do the first second? Oh no I got one more I got question. one more. I got one more question. After you. Um, so jukebox musical is a kind yeah. of a, a weird one because like I mean there's for some reason a crazy amount of them and some of them even like share songs uh, and such. Yeah. Um, and like, how how would you rate this one compared to other jukebox musicals? Because it's not like a band yeah. specific one. It's very much a more about like an era. I think that's what's so magical about it. I think it like it's it's so eclectic in who like the music taste it shares. So you go from like Elton to Wormsy and stuff like that, and everybody's gonna have something that they know within it. And the storyline is just pure like silly fun for most of it, and it it just works. The cast bounce off that kind of magic within it and I, I genuinely think if you want a fun night out in Durham and I promise you it's something you're never gonna see before in DST it's bonkers but like it's worth it it's just got this kind of raw energy about the show okay cool. um, so now we're gonna do our countdown challenge which is where we get every director to pitch their show to Durham and explain a little bit about it in only 30 seconds Max okay. on the timer I'm on the timer okay. so when do you want to give a countdown? As soon as yeah. you so you say yeah. Three, two, one, go. So if you love Elton John, YMCA, any of those big seventies numbers, and enjoy a bit of sex, sexual tension on the stage, lots of bright, colourful moments, lots of hell and devils and exciting things going on, and more than anything, just pure energy and fun on cabin stage. Where better to go and see things? And Simon Forrest. Simon Forrest, you should come and see the Simon Forrest alone. Absolutely. <laughs> Is that five seconds? You got five seconds. I still got five seconds left. Um, ooh, five seconds. And that's all we have. That's all we have. <laughs> Too long. Anyway, so thank you so much. Disco Inferno will be on Thursday, Friday, Saturday of next week at Cadman Hall, uh, seven thirty p.m. each night. Thank you. Thank you so much Thank for being you. on the show. Thank you for having me. So we're here with Ben Bowman and Molly Rose Bryson, the director and choreographer of The Adams Family. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Hello. Very happy to be here. I'm going to read out the synopsis. Um, okay. Wednesday Adams, the ultimate princess of darkness, is all grown up and has a shocking secret that only Gomez knows. 
she's fallen in love with a sweet young man from a respectable family. <gasps> with his cherished Morticia in the dark, Will Gomez managed to keep his daughter's secret. One thing is certain, nothing will be normal on the fateful night our favorite kooky family hosted dinner for Wednesday's boyfriend and his parents. Nice. Um, so, what can you tell me about your play? <laughs> what what can you tell us that isn't that isn't covered in that it's rather detailed uh, or just or just do the synopsis again <laughs> you can rehash the synopsis um no we started rehearsing well we we had auditions back in october, october. Yeah. um so we're a show We're working on it for a long long time yeah, yeah it's a long gestation period. how do you kind of keep the sort of energy it was it was tough in time one that. because it seemed so far away the show um it's difficult when you're working on um like for example the big dance numbers it's difficult for people in the cast to see where it's all really going because there's not a lot of like fluid not fluid but like there's no real storyline at that point but this term has been really fun because we've been starting to run scenes with the dancers and the transition and it's yeah it's all starting to come together well i mean finally it's <laughs> but yeah and what what's incredible is the fact that we've got this cast that and band and tech crew that has all come out of treads as a college so we had this brilliant period and especially with with some of the freshers or, or people that are new to the states that we've brought in and initially you've got this sort of awkwardness yeah. where you're trying to think have we actually made the right decision by casting these people and slowly they're coming into their own and it's one of the great things about this show is that we get we get to sort of explore the like it says in the synopsis, the, the kookier nature of, of people and sort of the the way in which stranger sort of families and their relationships and the dynamics between them fit in with the rest of society. Yeah. Especially with Wednesday's sort of boyfriend whose parents are from Ohio. It's very sort of middle middle America versus this strange family that live in the middle of Central Park and yeah. have, you know, <laughs> A bald, a bald, uh, a bald uncle to Wednesday and Lucas, and uh, it's very, yeah. very, very out there. Like it's not like any other musical you've seen before. You're watching it, and then it's just full of surprises constantly. When you think you're keeping up with the plot, then something else happens, and you're like, right, okay, that this is now a thing. And yeah, it's it's so entertaining. Yeah, and to choreograph and work on. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think there's like a sort of a, a trend of spooky musicals uh, in, in recent times? Because like you got Beetlejuice that, well, just actually got taken off Broadway and then actually put back on. Um, yeah, because people got annoyed because yeah. it was quite good Beetlejuice. I got, I got annoyed. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that, that was such a great musical that I'd never seen but listened to the soundtrack of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so many shows. Yeah. <laughs> so many shows. Um, but like, do, do you think this is something that we'll be seeing like more of? Because obviously it was like a big thing in like sort of the 80s and 90s to have these sort of yeah. really wacky comedy and yeah. spook films it'd be interesting because there's been a real renaissance of musical theater just as a genre if you think in terms of musical film with you know la la land um and that's sort of reignited with, with its success at the oscars um and then um you know with with sort of the big major shows that come to mind in, in what everyone thinks of sort of like the Hamiltons and the Dear Evan Hansen 
all of those all of the Hamiltons Hamilton 1 Hamilton 2 Hamilton 2 Furious you you joke but Disney have said that like they're gonna make it a franchise making a franchise on them why do we always end up talking about Hamilton on this podcast the next one is just Hamilton's like dead body like lying on stage for an hour and a half it's just a different perspective from this because you always expect it to be cheesy and bright lights and bright costumes but um the sort of spookier genre like you're saying it's it's something different and people don't expect to see it normally it's usually in sort of like a gothic play or something but to bring music to that and comedy as well i think it's it's always going to intrigue audiences um and yeah it's just i mean this isn't this isn't serious like there's a lot of morbid talk in it but it's not serious it's you know, death is just around the corner. Yeah, exactly. There's like a whole musical theatre number about yeah, death being just around the corner. But yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's I, I don't know. In in terms of coming back to your original question, I think one of the major benefits of that as an entire genre is that you have the opportunity to you don't have to rely on a lot of shows will sh- try and shoehorn in this this plot twist where everything becomes a bit darker. My mum my always says when she goes to the theatre that she really likes the first act because it's all light and jolly, and then they try and make it far darker to sort of tie it up at the end. It's why she really likes Merrily We Roll Along, because obviously it plays, uh, well, the end is at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think with this, you get that sort of spooky, sort of twisted nature throughout the whole show, and there's yeah. no need to sort of specifically mm-hmm. put it in at a certain point. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Who is your favourite member of the Adams family? <sighs> That's you, a tough you, one. You do one each. <laughs> it changes every time you do it. Got to make a choice, man. Oh, got to make a choice. Yeah. Have you got one? Festa. Festa. Yeah. Oh. Favorite or one that I identify with? Do you relate? Do you know what? Yeah, the one that you relate to more because we're, we're not we're not talking about cast members here. We're talking about yeah. The characters. Just tell us your favorite. Tell us who you hate. <laughs> <laughs> Just call them out. Wow. <laughs> Give um, us the list. I really like Morticia. I think she's great. Massive MILF. She's just... <laughs> she's like... She's just so sassy and she just like... Like glides onto the stage and glides around the stage then glides off and everyone just seems to be at her like beckoning call and everything and she's she's just so cool and she can dance, she can sing. She, there's nothing she can't do apart from not lose her shit with her family. But, to be honest, yeah. Morticia and Gomez are the ultimate MILF and oh, DILF. Yeah, yeah. It's like... like there's like there's it's a massive this, ill. This is what we mean <laughs> about like they have that. like the perfect relationship. They really like, do. It's like it's quite it's quite cute. I've got a good thing going. <laughs> oh, should we do the counter? Yes. We'll yes. So on this show, we do a challenge where you have to explain your show and promote it to the wider Durham oh community in thirty seconds. And there's two of you. And so there's you two get... of you. Fifty. Can you do fifteen? I'll do fifteen. Oh, okay. And then you've got to be seamless. Seamless. Yeah. Well, fine. We're good. We're, yeah. We got this. So just yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So three. Uh, wait. Oh, what now? Yeah. Yeah. It okay. has to be off the cuff, man. Right. Three, right. two, yeah. one. Go. Okay, we've got a fantastic 16-piece band. We spent two uh, two terms putting this together. Um, we're all from one college, but we've still got the talent of the entirety of DST. Go. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's nothing you've ever seen before. The musical talent is just phenomenal. The acting is great. It's funny, and you'll have a really good time. The dances is great. The set's great. Come along and side splitting. Yeah, side splitting. It's brilliant. You're gonna have a great time. Come to the Adams family. 19th, Come to 22nd Trev. February 2020. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, that's <laughs> <laughs> And that's all we have. Woo!
We should we should get like like we should two get people. We, we should just get an entire cast to just come in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Everyone strange. does one word. <laughs> that was actually quite stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Quite stressful. What did we miss? That's well, why it was everything. funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, why do I lose this page? The Adams Family will be in Trev's Dining Hall on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of next week at 7.30pm. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure to have you. It's been great. (laughs) We're here with Kate Mahoney, director of Holes, an absurd, hilarious, and fast-paced comedy by Tom Basden, writer of some of Britain's most acclaimed TV comedies. When a plane crash kills all but four of its passengers, the survivors are left stranded on a desert island. Gus, Marie, and Ian are colleagues who are on their way to a conference, whilst the other is a lone teenage girl, Erin. Surely somebody will find them. Planes don't just disappear, do they? And if no one's coming, what do they do now? (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, So what can you tell us about sort of the themes of this play? It's clearly a comedy, but... So, yeah, it's very much a dark comedy. Mm. Um, I mean, there's a plane crash right at the start, so it's not the funnest <laughs> of starts, but um, it's kind of got some realistic but absurd characters, you know what I mean? It's quite naturalistic, except the people are all kind of insane. Um, and they're basically just trying to find their way, start a new society, potentially, while some of them are holding out hope they're going to get rescued. And it's kind of a clash of a lot of different types of people, people that know each other, people that don't. And it's quite, it's really fun, really funny, really stupid, but also kind of thought-provoking in a weird way by the end. So, yeah, it's pretty fun, pretty crazy. Um, So would you say it's like more dark than comedy like um i think um there's comedy like throughout all of it i think the second act gets a bit darker mm. and they kind of have been there for a bit longer by that point they've been there for about six months or so so things have changed people have changed and they're trying to work out how to kind of continue this society that they're building so there's lots of dark elements to the second act but i think that's what makes it kind of great um but yeah, it's very lighthearted to start with, I would say. So this has had like quite a long rehearsal period oh, for, yeah. for various reasons. <laughs> the tea's has coming it, out. Really, has, really. It, has that kind of, has it helped in development of characters and how have you kind of kept the energy and the enthusiasm up? Yeah, so um, we had like issues with venue and things like that, which meant that we had to delay it from last term. But to be honest, it's been so good. Like the play is so energetic anyway that it hasn't been too hard to kind of um, keep that up in rehearsal, which just kind of comes naturally from the pacing of everything. But um, we've all become super good friends as a result of spending like five months (laughs) together. Um, So it's been really good. We've all been kind of working on character. I think there was a risk when we were first doing it of the characters kind of being one dimensional because it is a comedy and things like that. But I think because we've had time, we've been able to kind of bring out the different sides of the characters that we might not have had if we'd been under time pressure. <laughs> um, but no, it's actually worked out for the best, I think. And just because it's mostly, we're, we're all third year apart from Tony, who plays Erin. He's a first year, so we're all kind of busy anyway. Um, so it's worked out and been quite a relaxed, but still intense in the same way rehearsal period. And it's been loads of fun because it's such a fun place to put on. So I think we've all benefited from it. I always say that. 
from my point of view, maybe the cast will be like, oh my god, can this end? <laughs> but um, no, we've all become really good yeah. friends, so it's kind of cute vibes. <laughs> nice. So, like, um, one of the things that most struck me about the play when seeing it around is how strong the promo is. Like, the promo is oh, yeah. really... So, what were your kind of ideas behind that and what made you want to go for such, like, a striking... So, we love the promo. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. But um, we kind of wanted to do something different because, obviously, um, it's kind of a saturated market, you know, GST. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we wanted to do something different and we were kind of thinking about different things to do. And we thought that it would be really fun to go to, we went to Time Myth to do our promo and they worked out so nicely and it's kind of nice because it looks completely different to everything else, just even like the colours and stuff because most of the normal promos done around Durham or kind of in black boxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something really, really different and we thought that that's a really nice way to sell it. And because we had the extra time, we could afford to go and... We like spent the day there and it was really cute. But we um did all these photos and we had loads and loads of options. And our um the guy who's done our photos, Mark Norton, is great and he did all these like amazing edits and things like that. So we thought it was quite interesting and also it really captures the essence of the play because whilst that obviously on the beach is kind of obvious, but I feel like elements of the character, once you've seen the play, you can see in the promo a lot more than some other things that I've I've done before. Um, so we really wanted to focus on that because it's so fun and exciting and fast paced and also it's kind of fun because it's set in winter in Durham but it's meant to be on this desert island <laughs> um, so we thought it would just be a nice contrast to everything else and we thought that would be a really nice way to sell it and I, I want as many people to come see it as possible obviously like everyone does but it is something a bit different and yeah. really fun um, so I think it will engage a lot of people have you guys tried to like properly recreate a desert island set with so, sand? <laughs> so we kind of had a disaster. Well, not disaster. Like we've had dilemmas about it because yeah. sand is so hard to use. Um, it gets bloody everywhere. So um, theatres obviously aren't that keen on yeah. using it. So we're more kind of um, doing the wreckage of the plane rather than relying on sand because we were kind of all talking about it and we were like realistically. No one actually thinks we're on a desert island, so whether we have sand mm-hmm. or kind of a sand color as a base, it's kind of fine. Um, in an ideal world, we would have used sand just because it's really fun, yeah. but practically it's a different story. So we're kind of going more for kind of the wreckage on the, and we've got loads of fun props, which are like the minis from the planes and things like that. It's loads of suitcases, stuff mm-hmm. strewn everywhere. So I think it will actually look kind of nice and a bit less predictable than just yeah. chucking sand everywhere. And a lot more practical. Yeah. <laughs> which is key. Should we do the uh, yes. countdown? So we, we we have a challenge for oh you. Oh my god. <laughs> everyone is unprepared for this challenge. We have been doing this podcast for <laughs> so. Again, nobody listens to the podcast, <laughs> Matt. We know this. Uh, we know this. Essentially, we want you to pitch your show in uh, 30 seconds to the oh audience god. of Oh my god, I'm going to say vibes like 20 times. <laughs> Just say vibes. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm just really scared. Three. Two, one, go. go. Okay, so Holes is going to be the most fun show you'll see in Durham all year. It's set on a desert island. It's got the energy of like four people on kind of crackhead energy 24-7. And it's so fun. It will get you really excited for summer. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's in City Theatre, which is super nice. And it's with loads of really talented people who I love, and you will love them once you see it. Oh my god, uh, just come see us next week. <laughs> and that's all we have time for. <laughs> oh my god.
I don't think I said anything. <laughs> that, no, that was that. Honestly, that that's better than some of them. I'm literally yeah. sweating. <laughs> I'm so sorry Love. for putting you through that. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having. Uh, once again, I have not got this page up. Oh, so it's terrible it's, on there. Uh, polls will be on in City Theatre on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of next week at 7.30pm. It will. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Amazing, thank you for having me. Please come see it. Yay! Woo. <laughs> And those were the shows for next week. Quite, quite, a, quite a lot of them. That's what I was going to oh, say. Oh, was. That's... I never met someone who thinks so much like me. Jeez. No. no. <laughs> clearly, clearly, Matt is not a fan of Frozen, so he's out on this podcast. It's mine now. I thought Frozen 2 was better. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but it doesn't have Let Me Let me Go. Let, let me... it go. <laughs> let me go. It's, it's weirdly oh, funnier. Uh, sorry, this is not a film. Like, I wonder how much of this will actually end up in the podcast. I have a little bit of it. Honestly, all of it, anyway. because I don't want to edit it. Uh. Anyway, so thank, thanks so much to all of the shows who came and talked to us. It was a bumper week this week. I genuinely can't. Like, If I wasn't in one of them, I wouldn't know which one to see. I'd probably end up seeing all no, of them. They all a, seem fantastic. It's a really strong, and also most of them are going for enough to, you could physically go and see all of them I think because yeah, Oops got a matinee go and see the matinee for Oops see everything else on an evening very chill and, and Adam's family's on Wednesday so yeah exactly it's, it's good that they're you know, sort of spread out in that way yeah it's but. it's a thing DST really needs to do but that's a, another issue for a much more serious podcast than this one the, <laughs> the DST where T stands for to changing the system <laughs> I'm oh, really that's sorry. going in the puck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's going in there. And that's uh, bye from me, Matt Redmond. And goodbye from me, Izzy Flowers. See you guys next week when we dish out more DST. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.